This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, Episode 91, Loopy Seasonal Gathering. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash sspbook. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Antonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Brasia. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Like, you lose five seconds of your life, you wake up. Sure. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Hey, I just flew in. It's Frasia and are Jen tonight. Sorry, What's I'm being a pain. Are your arms tired? You just flew yeah, in. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. I bet. You stole my corny joke from me. I'm sorry. We're both a little loopy tonight because we're recording later than usual. Exactly. It is 12.31 a.m. as we speak right now on the East Coast, which means I just got home from my month-long trips. <laughs> For work, So we're doing a special show tonight because of the announcement of the fact that season three is ending, season four is about to begin. So we wanted to get a show out there to talk about that as well as a brand new lore segment posted by Jen, which we'll have as part of the show. So before we get into all of that fun stuff, let's kind of get things going. So Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I had a busy month in July. Um, I think I said last show I was on that uh, Sean's birthday and our wedding anniversary is in July. So there's a lot of stuff to do, you know, that isn't normally there. And I have had some time to play, which is good. And I'll go into that a little while from now. And um, I'm also writing a bunch of stuff about Diablo this month. There's a project called Blogust, B-L-A-U-G-U-S-T, like August August, right? And yeah, it's cool. And it was started by, uh, let's see, someone who I just sort of met online recently. Um, do, do, do. I know there's a name in here somewhere I can find. I'll put it. Oh, there it is. Belgast. B-E-L-G-H-A-S-T. He's on Twitter. And uh, he's, I, as far as I know, he is the person that started it. It's very simply a blog one post every day of the month kind of thing. And it's in August. So it's blogist, right? <laughs> Blogs, August, blogist. Perfect. Yeah, and I decided, um, I, th- I think everybody is doing like things relating to video games, and I decided, well, I'm just going to write about D3 for a month every day, <laughs> so um, I've got a lot of stuff sitting on my blog now, and some of that will probably turn into lore stuff for the show and, and things like that, so that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Brasia? Oh, uh, before we do that, where do we? Where can somebody read some of your stuff for the blog? Oh, okay. Um, it's over at uh, the blog is called No Market Collective, and it's got a bunch of stuff in addition to uh, Diablo Three stuff. It's got some other games. It's got some stuff that's totally not games. It's got some politics stuff. But there is an RSS link that I'll put in the show notes uh, for this. If uh, if 
if no one else does. And, um, <laughs> and it is specific, it'll specifically take you to only the Diablo 3 content. So I'll put that in and people can check it out. And it's been a fun challenge so far. Uh, we've gotten through a week, so we'll see how far I go. Um, I did a different challenge, I think, in 2014, and it was an A to Z blogging thing. And you could write about anything. And I went, I'm going to write about Diablo. Man, I did not finish. So um, <laughs> some of that will be coming into this month. Um, I think the first time I did it, I didn't have any idea how much stuff I had to say, and the blogs were getting really long. Um, oh but this month, this month I'm more prepared for what happens when I write about T3 and how long it takes and all the stuff. So good, take um, breaks, take a lot yes, of breaks. <laughs> absolutely, I will take breaks as needed um, and make sure it's good. But really, this is like. I'm using it as an excuse to finally write all the D3 stuff that's been in my head for who knows how long. So there'll be like stuff to read if anybody wants to check it out, and some of it'll become lore stuff for the show, and, and we'll give you uh, access to an RSS link that'll be just the D3 stuff and nothing more, so you don't have to mess with anything else on the blog you may or may not like. And um, hopefully I'll make it through the month. Oh, I, I think you will. You've got quite a lot to say, especially after everyone heard your first um, lore segment. Right. Yes, we Definitely did. I lot. did do. Yeah, I'll just state very briefly. Um, we have had an interest in, as far as I can tell, at least a couple people thought maybe it'd be cool if I started doing lore segments. So I did. <laughs> and like I said, you know, we'll we'll hear that later. It's called Jen's Lore Corner, uh, which never came up with the name. So I'm <laughs> like, that'll do. And um, this one's about Adria. And it's really long. So that's why it'll be at the end of the show. Ooh. I don't think all of them are going to be this long. Maybe they will, um, but we'll just see how it goes and see if people want to hear more or have suggestions about what kind of lore they want to hear about. Great. I'm looking forward to hearing that. So I'm sure everyone else is. I hope so. It was fun to do, so I hope people like it. Good, good. Well, before I get into what I was doing, just want to let you know, Lantonio and Nevik weren't available at this time to do the recording. It's like way in the middle of the night just got home from flying in i said oh hey the big news drop about diablo 3 season 3 ending and season 4 beginning let's throw a, you know a show together today and so unfortunately they weren't available they may be recording uh, more of a normal show with us in uh you know shortly but as of right now it's just jen and i so thank you jen yeah, I'm glad you could be here too. Oh, thank you. Or it, it would be just me babbling excitedly about D3, and I don't know that anyone wants a whole show of that, honestly. Oh, I don't know. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to it. Well, maybe. <laughs> so, for me, I mean, my last month, I mean, probably I think the last recording I've actually been on was back in June, and that's just because work has been insane with our uh, training schedule. I've spent a couple weeks in the Valley of the Rising Sun. I oh, think that's no. what it's called. But Phoenix, <laughs> basically. I spent two weeks in Phoenix. Um, plus, I came home in long summer. enough to do laundry Ooh. and then go to Chicago for a couple weeks. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So you went from really hot Phoenix in the summer to Chicago, which is muggy in the summer. Oh, my. Oh, yes. So it was fun. Um, interesting experiences. Uh, the person I was training with this week in Chicago... She had was in um, Phoenix the week before, and it, when they were flying out of there, uh, a big sandstorm was coming, and so I under I heard that the technical term of term for the um, sandstorms is haboob. <laughs> so, yes, it, it is referred to as a haboob. 
Okay, so, it's and I figured um, the, the more boobs, the bigger the storm. <laughs> so yeah, you know. it must be what a category one haboob, category two haboob boob. I don't know. Like that. <laughs> Maybe it does add syllables for how big, you know. <laughs> or haboob. Oh, that's funny. So, uh-huh. but anyway, even though the name itself is funny, it was weird. It was like something out of a movie where the sandstorm was coming through, the airplane was taking off at the same time, so it was starting to engulf the the airplane. If they didn't take off then, two minutes later, they couldn't take off at all because of wow. the fact that there would have been sand and everything inside of it. But it's just like they were trying to escape the sandstorm coming through at the same time. It was crazy. That must have felt like very cinematic and dramatic. and you know. Oh, yeah. Were you, did it freak you out? Were you like worried? No, it wasn't me. It was the uh, the trainer that I was with. She was oh. the one who was telling me the story because the week out, two weeks I was out there was absolutely gorgeous. It was like 100 and 110 every day. and Oh, my. I mean, but it was dry heat. I loved it. I'm like, I could stay here forever. My, my <laughs> entire family would melt in like a day, but I, I could live out there. I'd be happy. Well, there you go. There you go, then. And yeah. You're all set. Yeah. So, but that's not going to happen. But <laughs> for me, when I landed this week, mm-hmm. I landed and I was driving from the airport to the hotel right in the middle of that big freak cell storm that they had. I don't know if you heard about it on the, on the news. Like Saturday, uh, Sunday night into Monday. It was like I think sh- I did. It uh, was a huge like spiraling storm kind of thing. Is that the one? Exactly. Or, yeah. And then it, like, yeah. It, there was a, a, a fair there where it, it, unfortunately the tent blew up or whatever. Not blew, actually blew up, but flew in the air or whatever and uh, like killed somebody and injured like 12 other people. Oh, jeez. Oh, I know. But that was the storm that was happening when I was driving. <laughs> oh, so man. That's I was rough. driving. It was like a Florida rainstorm, but a little worse because, like, you literally could not see anything. It was just, it was like a bucket and buckets of water being dumped on the car. So you couldn't see anything. But then there'd be flashes of lightning. So then you could see. But it was, it was like a disco of lightning out there. I mean, it was like every half second, every second. So it was enough to be able to see, even though I couldn't see with the water, I could see just well enough because the lightning kept going off and it was going everywhere around us. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, it made national news for that kind of a storm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was out driving in it. <laughs> so. so you definitely had your own uh, dangerous adventures going on. Yes, but uh, mm-hmm. at least the rest of the week was fine. He, the flight out from Chicago today was perfect. Uh, landed, no problems here. Um, just a little shaky on the takeoff, because, but I mean, it is a windy city, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But other mm-hmm. than that, it was, it was fine. Um, it was great. I'm glad to be home. I, I saw the little ones, and um, well, they're not so little now. I mean, you know how you've been lo- away long enough, because when you come back, you notice, well, your kids actually look like they've grown up. <laughs> it's like, oh wait my. a minute, did you grow another couple of inches, kid? Um, please, you know. And your 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 little guys are well, not so little guys are at the age where they are growing real fast too. Oh yes, um, the teenage one is now almost about less than an inch or about an inch shorter than my wife, but his feet are already bigger than hers, and they're almost my size, which means this kid's going to be a lot bigger than both of us. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then, then that P dog, and then little B, or BJ as we call him too. He is um, gonna turn nine on Tuesday. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, and he definitely has gotten bigger, too. He's, like, up to my shoulders on my... So, which um, I think makes him about five feet. Oh, way. gosh. Yeah. I am, like, maybe three inches taller than your kid. Then. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> only nine. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my wife was freaking out because his foot is actually the same size as hers. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that's your youngest kid, too, so that's got to... Like, exactly. bring all the feels, you know? <laughs> exactly. We're talking, mm-hmm. this kid is going to be big. So, wow. But that's okay. So I got to see them, yay, for at least a minute or two. So then I jumped off and said, yay, let's talk to Jen. Talk about Diablo. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of where I was. But in between, I did play a little bit of Diablo. Um, and I'll kind of talk about that and let you talk mm-hmm. more about your Diablo style playing. Um, yep. I tried to get on the PTR a couple more times, but it was just kind of like they redid the buff, a 2,000% drop, and everybody wants to play at that point. So I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to waste time. I don't have that much time to do it. I decided, well, I know Season 3 is going to end at some point um, soon, so let me go through. And I realized, didn't realize that I had filled my bags with just junk. I mean, I had oh, like no. five copies of even regular um, legendaries, never mind set pieces so i'm like what am i doing with all this stuff i'm not going to make alts you know and if this hardcore character dies at this point in the season i'm not even sure i'm going to create another one i mean i might Mm -hmm. but to me at this point it doesn't matter right and so i'm like i went through and just disenchanted a whole bunch of things and i'm like oh look at all i've got all these gems now and i've got all this extra thing and i still have my witch doctor bonus duck it's her name Name. What a great name. <laughs> it is. I, I just I had fun. I, I killed a couple of them a few you know, before, I think, episode 88 or 89. I was talking about, like, I leveled up a couple, and they both died. And then I got this one, I was, and I created this one during the Chicago Blackhawks and Anaheim Ducks series. And, you know, I created as oh, cool. I'll just call it Bonus Duck, just for the fun of it. You know, because it's my bonus player. And... It's so funny, because I'll say that, and my little NBJ uh, nine-year-old would be like, Bonus duck! <laughs> he just yells that <laughs> in the background. It's like, great. So you say that anytime, and he'll yell that. It's funny. <laughs> so I've just, you know, it, been running with that character all the way through, now up to Paragon 166. Wow, good. Yeah, so, I mean, I've put some decent time into it, and it's been all, well... Yeah, mostly, uh, at least all the Paragon levels have been pretty much solo run. Uh, I'm, I can do pretty much around T, my Torment 5 without any problem. Oh, you know, good. Torment good. 6 gets definitely a little bit, I get hit hard, but um, I've found, you know, I'm still kind of mixing up the gear that I have. Uh, I really, real, I realized that I did not take advantage of all of my gear. And what I mean by that is I did not go into each piece. Like, I had several pieces that I did not even um, re-roll any stats on. So I was like, oh, you know what? I could actually make this piece either more powerful defense, more powerful offense, you know, something like that. So uh, I did that, and I kind of ran through, and things that were giving me some trouble, you know, even on greater rifts like 25 or 26, where it w- I would slow down a little bit. Not that it would kill, like, I feel like I'm in danger of dying. It's just, it would slow me down. So now it just don't slow me down at all. It's just like, boom, I'm just mowing right through things. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Why didn't I do this earlier? It's the little things, the details that matter. And I just didn't pay enough attention to it. 
It happens, you know. <laughs> it happens. But now I've got nice, clean inventory bags. Um, bonus duck is still playing well. Uh, I'm going to try to play a little bit more this week uh, now that I'm home. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I'm also now taking a vacation week this week, so definitely home. Oh, you'll have time. Yeah, yeah, you'll have time to do stuff. That'll be good. Well, it's kind of like we're going to do all things that we just never do. You know how it is, like, you, you're living in an area, and you never go to the tourist thing because all mm-hmm. the tourists come here and go to the tourist thing. So you just don't bother going. So, like, this week we're going to do things like go to um, uh, going to do the Boston Duck Tours. <laughs> I've been oh, wanting fun. to do that. Yeah, and then go to the Boston Museum of Science. And they have this Pixar um, display there. So it's like, that's going to be fun. And then we're going to go to uh, the JFK Library. Uh, we have a friend that works there. So she's going to kind of bring us around in there. So it'll be really cool. And then I'm just trying to think of some other things that we're doing. Oh, obviously going to go to the beach at some point. And then it's going to be uh, the little one's birthday. And so he wants to go to a Japanese restaurant. And they're like, cool because i love japanese wow good for him nine-year-old wants to go to the japanese restaurant that's cool Uh, he loves he loves that teppanyaki grill in front of you so it's like chop 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 and make the little um volcano out of uh onions oh right yeah i love that that's hilarious so yeah little things just amuse me easily That's the way but, to be, you know. That's yeah, the way I'll, to be. <laughs> I'll be able to jump in the game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Have some fun with that. So, how about you? What have you been doing in the game? I've been um, struggling <laughs> in the game, oh, no. to be quite honest. Um, not to the point where I'm frustrated, but um, I just feel like I can't make any progress at this point. I'm making a little progress. I'm at Paragon 85. Last show I was at like uh, 75, so I got somewhere. Um, I think the. The farthest I've gotten with the seasonal character was I got one to Paragon 100. So I'm a little behind my personal best, you know, (laughs) even though it's not much. But that's where I'm at. And I decided I've been trying to play differently every season to do something different. And so for this season, I've been really focusing on the rifts and greater rifts because I pretty much blew them off previous to this season. And... I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm really struggling. Like, I don't know what it is. The farthest I can get is 14. If I can get to 15, I can get an achievement. But no, <laughs> you know, it's just not happening. Um, oh, no. And I don't know, like, I've been, like, going to the Mystic and fixing stuff all the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. see if this works kind of thing. And I've gotten some set pieces that work together that I thought were pretty good. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Um, I could do T3 with my crusader it's a soft core crusader because oh, okay. i've been i've been switching off um first season i did soft core second season i did hardcore this is season three so i'm doing soft core and uh you know so I, i've been um i could do t3 with her pretty well um i i've been trying to get the seasonal achievements because it's just stuff i try to do and i want to get like if you get 100 seasonal uh, achievement points you get the the cool little like banner thing that you know your character sort of wears um and then if you get 400 you get the portrait well i've got 310 and i am stuck there so i'm like trying really hard like maybe i can get to you know 15 with the riffs and get 10 more points and then what else will i do and i've gone and uh dragged my poor crusader through t4 and i think t5 just to do enough limb rift and get the points <laughs> and like 
Wow. I'm using like um, the doorways of things to just jump out and wait until her health comes back up and go back in, and um, which is how I used to do some of the little bitty dungeons in World of Warcraft. Use the door as like a safety valve. Bye. Okay, I'm back, kind of thing. <laughs> and um, you know, it, the technique works for this too. Yeah. And, and um, it's just been like, okay, I got through that, and I've been trying to kill the... Uh, there's a whole bunch of achievements where you kill one of these bosses at a certain torment level. Like, mm-hmm. I think T1 might have been... I don't remember who T1 was, but it's a different one each time. And I've gotten to, I think it's... Is it T... It's either T5 or T6. You gotta kill Malthiel. And I can't get near him. I can't get through the little area you got to go through before you even get to where Malthiel is, you know? And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm never going to make it. Um, so I'm kind of frustrated, but I'm still trying, you know? Oh, no, and I we'll know see how mean. We'll see how far I get. And I mean, I got a couple weeks, so I mean, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. But um, yeah, I've never done the rifts before. I think, I think I've done enough effort into it to kind of understand how they work now, but... Um, <laughs> Man, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've hit a wall because of gear or if I've hit a wall because, um, you know, I, man, I've been like taking everything to the mystic. Here, man, make this better, make it better, do something, you know. Yep. I've been looking at all the gear and going, okay, what does this piece of gear give an advantage to as far as skills? And then I'm using those skills, which honestly, I've never tried to do that before. I just kind of pick stuff that look good, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying all these things, and I'm only getting to, like, you know, Greater Rift 14 as far as I can go, and I don't think I quite finished that one in time. Uh, I don't kill off the Rift boss in time for that one either. Aww. So I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> I can't get to 15 no matter what I do, but this could change, you know, maybe. I'm going to try some more, but um, I don't know, man. And I'm getting kind of tired of the process of, okay, so run some bounties. Now you've got a Nephilim Rift key. Okay, use the Nephilim Rift key. See if you get, you know, a, a key of trials. If you do, okay, try the key of trials. See where you end up. And it just sort of, you know, you get to all that. And when you hit that first rift, you know, maybe whatever rift they put you in, you do great. You go into the next one or the one couple above that. You go into that one. Maybe you don't do so great. And you have to start all over again. So... I'm getting um, a little burned out with rifts in season three right now. I can totally understand that, and I think it might be one reason why they made a lot of changes. Right, I think it is, and um, that'll be better. I hope we'll get into those a little bit later. But I've been trying, you know. And I went through like you were talking about having all the junk in your bag, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've gone through, and I actually went back to one of my non-seasonal characters just so I could sort of clear out some of the stash. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, all these little bitty gems, I'm going to sell them. I don't need these little bitty gems. I got these bigger ones coming from my Crusader. And, uh, you know, what do, what do I have sitting here? How much of this is even usable anymore, you know? Um, I'm sure I've got a couple of pieces from, like, before Reaper of Souls sitting in there somewhere. Um, I think my, one of my barbarians is using, like, a... It was a level 60 uh, piece of uh, green gear, you know, <laughs> set piece or something. I think, I don't know if she's still using it, but she yeah, was. Yeah, back in um, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, man, you know, I have this horrible tendency to just hoard digital things, you know, keep all the things. I don't know why, but um, so I actually so went back and did some like, <laughs> they're all pretty. <laughs> Look at all the shinies, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd make a great treasure goblin. Like, give me all the things, you know? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I need to yeah. laugh at everybody as you run away with it. 
<laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Annoy everyone around me, I guess, until they catch up. But, um, but I preemptively this time tried to clear out some of my regular stash to like bring in some of the stuff I'm going to be bringing because I've got some set pieces and I thought, okay, well, maybe these aren't the best for my Crusader right now, but maybe they'll be better for one of my other seasonal or non-seasonal characters, you know, that's softcore. So I'm thinking I want to hang on to those. And I found like some weapons that, you know, an armor that maybe aren't like the most awesome thing you could use in the game, but crack me up. Like I have um, a chest armor called Chang Mail, and I'm like, keeping that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, just things like this, you know? Um, So we'll see where we're at. I'd have to say out of the three seasons so far, I have um, turned more legendaries into whatever you get from them, depending on how high level they are. The uh, Forgotten Souls, is that it? Yeah. I think, yeah, that kind of thing. I've gotten more legendaries turned into that than ever before because it's getting easier for me to be like, I don't need this. So that's Uh, a breakthrough. Um, And I think, I don't know. I mean, I think um, possibly doing the rifts is what's causing me to do that, you know? Yeah, because you're being forced to run so much extra stuff that you're like, oh, well, maybe I don't really need all of that. Right. And as a result, I went into uh, story mode just for the heck of it. And I, the reason I did is because I wanted to see if I could do a speed run. I've never uh, tried this before, ever. So I took my level 70 Crusader, who's, you know, up in, like, Paragon 80-something at the time, and um, stuck her into normal and went through Act 1 and flew through it, and I got it. I did it within an hour, just Act 1. Oh, so wow. I got the achievement. It's a career achievement. Um, oh, not nice. a seasonal achievement. There there are seasonal achievements for, I think, getting through the whole game, I think, in an hour. Um, can't do that yet. I think you got to do it at Torment. Can't do that yet either. But I got that one. And um, that was kind of cool because I never even tried before. And I got that one and tried Act 2 and failed miserably. But, you know, I'll try again. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing, too. Like, I noticed, like, okay, so Season 3 is coming to an end. Whatever seasonal achievement points I have won't really matter pretty soon but the career one if i look at it you know how there's like the first bar of your career achievement says what percentage you're complete right mm-hmm. with achievements i'm at 61 percent oh, and i'm wow. going that seems like a lot like i'm gonna am i gonna run out of stuff to do now i'll keep adding more things to do i hope so i don't want to like log in and be like okay i've got all the achievements now what <laughs> you know Right. You have all the shinies mm-hmm. and all the achievements. What else is there? All the shinies and all the achievements? I guess I'll be looking for treasure goblins. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would be yeah. like, let's, let's find that gen so we can uh, take her treasure. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> like, uh-oh. Oh, my the gosh. Gen if, if, <laughs> if the treasure is the stuff in my stash, you're probably not going to be that impressed, honestly. <laughs> Y'all probably have better than I do, but um, I don't know. I like the concept of chasing hey, shinies. Hey, shinies uh-huh, shinies. <laughs> I guess that's pretty much what I've been doing in-game. So, we're not actually going to go through all the tweets that we have. We're going to wait for a regular show for doing that. So With everybody on, or at least three people on, to give more response to the things that have been commented and sent. You know, always good. Absolutely. But since we do have you here, Jen, we do want to um, answer the question of the show from the last episode, which is... What should Jen play in Season 4 Hardcore, Monk or Wizard? 
You want to? I can go through those if you'd like. Um, Sounds great. So uh, we did come up with monk or wizard because I don't have either one of those classes at level seventy right now at all. I have um, a wizard at level sixty. I don't have really a monk more than a tiny little one. I played, I don't know, shortly after the beta, <laughs> maybe. Uh-huh. Um, so it, that's why it's those two. Um, so uh, we've tweeted that out, and we have some responses. The first one is from at Shepherd underscore Sija, if I'm saying it right. Uh-huh. And uh, now his answer was Witch Doctor, but there is a notation in here that originally, when we asked the question of the show, it must have said uh, Monk or Witch Doctor. <laughs> instead of wizard, so he answered appropriately for how he probably saw it, so to give him credit on that so I'm just going to say that's one vote for witch doctor anyway um, <laughs> Oh, every vote you know? for witch doctor counts as like five <laughs> No bias here, right? Nope, not at all uh-huh. Okay, so the next answer was from at uh, S.A. Stewart 111 who said crusader with three question marks and then said isn't the answer always crusader? Okay, so so far we've got uh Monk or Wizard, and we have a vote for Witch Doctor and a vote for Crusader. <laughs> okay. All right, Leviathan is always going to say Crusader, no matter what. Yeah, well, I'm having fun with my Crusader, and um, I am, even though I'm saying that I'm frustrated. It's not because of the Crusader or in the play style, you know. It's fun. I'll give them that. <laughs> you know, it is It is a lot of fun. Okay, the next one is from at Paid2Kill5440, who says, Monk, for sure, she will love making things blow up. That does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> explosions. More explosions in video games all the time. Of course. And uh, dropping a bell on people and kicking it. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It sounds good. Like, the first time I played a monk was way, way back in the chocolate. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. And the bells dropped. I'm like, did I do that? You know, but I think I, at this point, pop eight, who says, voting for wizard, tweaks to tell Rasha and... Delsers, am I saying that right? Uh, last season made both of them very fun and different builds. So that's mm-hmm. one vote for Wizard, one vote for Monk, one for Crusader, and one for Witch Doctor so far. And the final response we have here is from at uh, EY Edgar 0111, who says, Wizard, please. So that gives Wizard two points to have uh, the most votes. So that means when season four begins, I will be playing a hardcore Wizard. Great, Slytherin House won. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a fun change from playing the Crusader, but I think I'm going to have to remember that I'm not playing my Crusader so I don't go running into a mob with a brand new little wizard, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, play it more like you did your Demon Hunter mm-hmm. and just remember, blow things up before they get to you. Right, yeah, I think I'm going to have to do that. I kind of remember um, I played the, I have another uh, softcore wizard that I got to 60, and I kind of remember a little bit about how that went, but when we, when we switch seasons, I'm still in the mode of whatever I played last time when I start, and so there's always that fear of, wait, I'm going to screw it up because I'm playing the wrong concept here, you know? But Oh yeah, and you're going to hardcore, so you're going to have to really be careful this time. Right, exactly. And uh, last time I did hardcore was season two, and it was a demon hunter, and mm-hmm. I got him to level seventy and uh, some paragon points, not a lot. Um, so I think I might have some success with the wizard. All right. So thank, thanks everybody for responding. Um, I, I have a hard time deciding what class to play, so <laughs> this helps me a lot. Definitely. So you're going to do hardcore and a wizard. Yes. You're mm-hmm. living life on the edge. Why not? You know, you only live once, especially if you're playing hardcore. (laughs) So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. 
Good, good. We're definitely going to uh, look forward to hearing how it goes. Oh, you'll hear it, especially if I die right away. It'll be all over Twitter, you know? <laughs> uh, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we're actually also not going to read the emails, even though right now there are some awesome emails, and we may have something special in mind with a certain email from Funktropist. Um, and he knows exactly what we're talking about. It's uh, it's set to a music, and um, we'll have to figure a certain way to do this appropriately. And we want to give something that is hysterically good of both, so... Exactly. Yeah, we have we have plans. We have plans. So, then, um, so what we're going to end up doing is we're going to spend some time with this special episode talking about the end of season three and the start of season four. Now, I'll be honest. Like this weekend was all Gamescom, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And you heard about every other product Blizzard has has something going on at Gamescom. But yeah, yeah. Diablo? Except maybe StarCraft. I don't know if it had anything. Oh, it um, was just more introducing a lot more of um, the legacy of the Void. Oh, okay. So it did, so, yeah. But yeah. there was like, you know, nobody mentioned Diablo. Right, there's like nothing. They didn't even send people for Diablo, I don't think. I don't um, think I mean, so. I could be totally wrong, but I don't think anybody went. Yeah, I, I don't think... Well, if they didn't have anything to announce, then they didn't have anybody to send, you know, for that kind of thing. But it's just... It feels like, you know, you're the ignored child sitting here watching Gamescom stuff come through your social media. And there's nothing for your game. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay, you know, cry in the tears, you know. Uh-huh. Swim know, in the like... tears of Diablo players worldwide. There's nothing happening. And then right. I'm sitting there in the middle of my training class uh, during a break, and I'm just kind of flipping through tweets, and I see... Wyatt Chang announced, um, tweets out that, hey, season three is ending and season four is beginning. Here's the link. I'm like, really? Oh, you just totally made my day. Thank you, Wyatt. Yeah, so we do have news after all. It just wasn't Gamescom kind of thing. Um, exactly. But yeah, yeah, but I just got to say, like, for two seconds here. Um, oh, definitely. The thing that I think was the most interesting for me personally about Gamescom is World of Warcraft is going to have a Demon Hunter class. Right. And so I'm like, ooh, got to try it, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I'll leave people to look up the rest of that if they're into World of Warcraft. But yeah, Demon Hunter's over there too now, so... Hey guys, you can play a Melee Demon Hunter now. <laughs> yeah. Everyone keeps talking about Melee Demon Hunters and uh, Diablo. Right, right. <laughs> do so it in a while. There it is, man. Well, not yet, but when True. the expansion Eventually. comes out. But... Um, I just thought it was really interesting that they pulled that. They pulled that right from D three. That was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it goes back to Illidan and, and of all course, that, so yeah. Just... But Blizzard has been um, pretty good at pulling things from different games into other games for quite mm-hmm. some time. So when you see it, you're like, oh, hey, this connects to this and that, and you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and so just kind of some of the. The bare facts about the end of season three is going to end Sunday, uh, August twenty third, at five p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on North American realm in Europe. It'll be five per, five p.m. CEST, and Asia. It'll also be on August twenty third, Sunday at five KST. So, with that means. You know, sometime around there, it should be the patch. And then we're going to go into Season 4, though I haven't heard specifics on when exactly the patch is dropping, maybe before or just after Season 3 ends. And then Season 4 is going to begin right about five days later, on Friday, August 28th. 
in North American realms, it'll be starting at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Um, Europe, it'll be at 5 p.m. CEST. And same thing with Asia on August 28th at 5 p.m. KST. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's not even a week in between. Exactly. So, wow. (laughs) You know, before we say anything more about that um, going into season four, I think, like at first I thought to myself, oh no, they're only doing it five days later. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are pretty much done with season three as it is. Mm -hmm. So either they're playing it sparingly or they've stopped altogether and they're doing another thing. So it may be a five-day difference, but at the same time, there's probably a lot of people just not playing. I mean, how how about you? What do you think? I think you're right about that. I think, well, this is summer, so people are off doing vacations. You were just talking about you're going on vacation pretty soon. I was kind of on vacation a little while ago. Um, So I think people are not playing most video games at all, you know, as much as they might have otherwise during the summer because of these kinds of things that you want to go out and do stuff while it's still nice out, you know. Um, But I also think so far with season two and season one, as we got towards the end, I think people kind of went, yeah, okay, I've I've gotten what I want out of this. I'm done. Or their hardcore character died. They said, nah, I don't really want to do another one of these. You know, not not important enough to me. Um, I think most people move through leveling way faster than me. So I think if you've already got that and you've gotten the achievements connected to it with like the special transmogs that they've been doing, um, you know, I think maybe you'd be done, kind of thing. Um, I do think there's a time frame where, uh, like, start of a new season, everybody's like, okay, cool, here I go. Let's see if I can get on the leaderboard. Let's see if I can get the achievements for the cool stuff that comes with only this season. And from there, I think it's like a downhill slide as time goes on. Because mm-hmm. you've got people that got what they want and they're done or got fit up and they're done. And um, as you, the longer the season goes on, I think you're going to have less and less people as it goes. And I think season one probably had this dramatically because it felt really long, you know? Yep. And then season two felt somewhat shorter. And I think season three feels long. I don't know if it's... I don't think it was as long as season one. I feel like it's longer than season two. Um, but I'd have to agree that as it goes on, I think there are less people playing. Yeah. I, I think this one's about, what, about four months now. And... I think three months might be like the perfect target time to run through one. Mm-hmm. It feels that way. I mean, two months seems really short. Uh, like, you, you get everybody doing exactly what you said. They'll get in there, all oh, the new shiny, new seasons, get started, mm-hmm. everyone running as hard as they can. And then, you know, over time, people start teeter, um, teetering out, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like you'll have some people are like you know what they're determined they're just this is their game this is what they play this is what they do and then you have others who are you know like i got what i wanted i'm done or yeah i've hit that wall i can't get any further you know i've lost four hardcore characters i'm just done right and they're thinking i'll just wait for next season yep you know Mm -hmm. so i mean i think this is coming at a good time it'll drop you know season four will drop when People are going back to school. Life is getting, you know, busy again. People are not out on vacation as much. Um, right. Right. But I think also with going back to school, I think um, most people, like if you're a college student, which at least I think a big chunk of the population probably is playing this. If you're a college student, you know, you're going to school. So you have like a specific routine, you know, Yeah. and you can kind of 
fit your game time around that. Maybe easier than during the summer when you're doing different stuff and it's not all planned out, you know. So that might work. Yeah. And even if it's not people going to school, you know, talking about like you and I, our schedule, you know, get a little more straight at this point for me. I mean, I have kids going to school. Right. Um, my big traveling part of the year for trainings are done. So I'm at home just preparing for the next year's trainings. So I'm, um, my schedule gets a little bit more, you know, straightforward rather than uh, bouncing from one state to another, figuring out, okay, what's the next training class going to be and who do I have to send it to and what, who do I have to do, well, all those kind of things. Right. So it does, yeah, it does give you a little more um, consistency, at least for play. Right, and I think that can happen too. I mean, I think the very start of the school year is probably crazy for everyone, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just going from memory, and I mean, I used to be a student, I used to be a teacher, I kind of remember how that goes. Um, but, it, you know, two weeks in, you're good to go. Yeah. So, in our show notes, we'll have a link to a post by Nevelistus about Season 3 ending. It'll have those dates on there, in case you uh, forget when it's ending and when Season 4 starts. But it also ha- does a great job of summarizing some things. Whether you are someone who's experienced with seasons or someone who's just starting seasons for the first time, what does the season rollover do? Like, what happens during it? Um, is there anything that you kind of thought, Jen, was interesting when you were looking at it? Um, I, th- I think we covered the big, you know, the big thing that there's a new season. I think uh, those that are new can probably pick this up pretty quickly. Um, if you're listening to this show and you have never done a season before and you're thinking about, hey, maybe I'd like to try this, I think you need to know that you can jump in. It's, you don't have to have done the previous seasons to be able to do a new one. It starts over fresh every time, so you can jump in and do it if you want to. Um, and I think the other thing I'm going to mention, if you're brand new to Seasons, you're going to log in one day and your character is, like, it's going to be hard to find your character because she might not be on the screen. He or she might not be on the screen. It's not going to say seasonal over the top. You might be like, wait a minute, where'd she go? <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, but don't panic. They'll be there. And I think the other important thing um, is don't forget to check your in-game mail after the season ends because all your stash is going to be sitting there for you to pick up and you're going to need to go pick that up it'll go into your whatever character you've selected at the moment's uh, stash if you played softcore it'll be a softcore character that can pick it up if you played hardcore it'll be a hardcore character that can pick it up and there's a time limit on that so if there's stuff that is you know stuff you want to keep essentially uh, go get it don't forget to go get it it's just this little envelope icon in the corner at the bottom of the screen and it's easy to miss so I think I think I would say that for people who are new. Mm-hmm. So definitely in between season three and four, there's some string cleaning that needs to be done because that, like you said, the mail's only there for a short amount, a certain amount of time. I believe it's thirty mm-hmm. days. So I don't know how long. It, yeah, I, I'm not really good with numbers though, but there is a time limit. I'm certain of that. Yeah, and so by the time that ends, um, you're gonna want to make sure you have everything out of it that you wanted, especially if you picked up one of those uh, great six piece set you don't want to lose that yeah if you got that i've i think i have a three four piece i think i have a four piece i don't know um but if you got something that was fun you know it was really fun to play or was awesome gear for your character that worked well for you um you know go go pull that out of your mail remember (laughs) you'll be sad if you don't exactly yes so along with that it's uh patch 2.3 will be dropping and it's going to be a huge patch for us uh in diablo 
a lot of people who've been playing in PTR, um, last few shows, we've been talking about different things that are happening through it. We just wanted to take this time to just kind of highlight a couple of previews. Uh, they're both links that we'll have in to the show, and, and we'll also just kind of give our thoughts on some of these as well. The first is the uh, definitely anticipated Kanai's Cube, and uh, it's really neat. I like Personally, I like it. It's a, it's a different version from Horadric Cube. The more I keep reading about it on different forums, uh, things that are being posted on like Diablo fans, it's, it seems like there's going to be additional usage out of it that you know, we really haven't seen yet. Or they're going to start rolling into it later on where you, know, you can be able to create different things using Kanai's Cube as well as use the power of it to enhance your character's abilities. Right, I think in ways that are different than the Mystic, I think is kind of how that's going to go. Um, honestly, I haven't played the PTR, and the reason I haven't played the PTR is because I've seen so many people being like, I can't get into the PTR, so that, okay. You know, I'll, I'll let the people that desperately want to get in get in there, and I won't get in the way, <laughs> you know, plus I didn't want to get frustrated. So um, I haven't gone in and you know, played any of this. I've been reading some stuff like you have. And the Kanai's Cube just blows my mind because I can't process just how many variables are going to be involved in this in figuring out something. You know, I think what I'm going to do with this is sort of like throw stuff at it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got this. Cool. Um, but I know there's going to be people that are going to uh, understand more about it than I can and will sort of figure out the most efficient way to get what they want or what they think might be the most efficient way to get what they want. You know, yep. and I think it's—I think it opens up the possibilities a lot more um, in ways I just can't even. Like, I'm gonna have to play around with this before I'm gonna get it. To be honest, I'm not gonna really grasp it until I start trying things with it, because that's just how things work for me. But um, I think it's a good addition to the game. I think it will help a lot. Definitely. And one of the other features that I didn't realize until this recent post is the transmutation portion of it. The fact that you can take a legendary, get some crafting material, and you know basically change that legendary to give you an opportunity to get a more powerful version of the same one. Yeah, that's that's different. Um, it'd be interesting to see what people do. Oh, like definitely. I want to I want to see once this patch hits and people can play around with it. I want to see on Twitter or on social media or even you know comments you can send us uh, through Twitter or through email about hey I used this and I used you know this is the weapon I put in to try to get a better one and here's how it came out. I'd love to hear how that goes for people. And you know the lottery ones are going to be there. I put in my character's weapon and it came out as an ancient and you'll be like oh. Yes. Right, and then everyone will be running over there and you know, <laughs> to see how it goes. I think it'll be fun to play around with. I think it's got a lot of potential, like I said. Um, and, you know, true. I mean, I, I can't really, I can't grasp this yet. Like, I think I get the big picture, but the, all the little fine points are going to take a while for me to really understand. Exactly. And there'll be some guides out there to help people. Um, when we get a chance, we'll pull some up and make sure that people are aware of them to help with you know what are some of the recipes that can be used i'm sure if you go to most popular sites like um diablo fans or ink gamers um actually i think they now renamed something else uh that they'll have information about the canise cube and that's great that they do because i would never be able to figure it out on my own so it's good that it's out there for people like me i'm sure there's more um yeah but it's just i don't know i mean i i 
I don't really get this yet, but at the same time, I just want to start throwing things in there and see what comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Ooh, what can mm-hmm. I make? <laughs> I know. What does this do? I mean, that's how I play every video game. It's it's kind of, you know, what does this do? What happens if I do this? And, you know, sometimes it works. Well, I'm glad it's not going to be like Harajuku where you just throw a bunch of uh, potions in there and make a, another potion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. That would be kind of a letdown. This, I... is, this has got so much flexibility. And I think that, you know, as time goes on and new cool gear shows up with new seasons i think that's gonna you know fit right into all of this they won't have to like retrofit it to get you know to work with the new gear i think it's all going to work together pretty well and i think i read somewhere that there's a recipe where you can put nine gems i'm not sure if they all have to be the same color or if they can be different color and you can transmute them into nine gems of another color oh wow yeah so you know so if you're looking to get all you transmute all of your um, amethyst and create rubies instead. I mean, geez, that'd be awesome. And it's supposed that's, to be the same quality, wow. too. See, that's really good, because that will help with everybody's stash that's full of stuff, because we've all been playing for so long, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, and it's a good way to make it easier to get what you need. Because mm-hmm. different classes need different gems, more so than other gems, you know, depending on what your stats are and what class and what you need and what you can use better and what goes with your skills. Um, and I think this would be a lot faster, you know, if you've got like dozens of rubies and you need, uh, I don't know, you need diamonds or something, whatever it is. If, if you've got it sitting in your stash already, we know everybody's got a bunch of these. I think that would be a great way to not only clear out the stash, but to clear out the stash in a more interesting and efficient way than just getting gold for selling it. Perfectly said. So we also have a link for another uh, patch 2.3 preview about adventure mode. And uh, going through, taking a look at it, there's some pretty interesting things. Uh, First about the Crafter Peace Theater. (laughs) Crafter Peace Theater? That's funny. I love that. Have they been listening to our show, we, yeah. the Masterpiece? They, no, probably not. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Nevelist has posted this, so it's possible. Oh, so maybe she did. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they've taken a lot of the crafting materials, and you know how we used to have, like, two versions of every single type? You know, right. You have the yeah, there's two kinds of dust, in. the two kinds of uh, uh, reusable parts or whatever they're called, and right, yep. that kind of thing? Yep. So n- now they're combining them all into one. So this makes it a lot easier. So, you know, if you have uh, common debris, there's only common debris. It's not common debris and the the other version. Um, it's not like essences. There's only one essence type now, not two different ones. So um, what I meant is like the exquisite essence, the, the blue crafting material. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other one's a dust or something. I'm, like, not really good at the names of these things right now. But um, that's going to clear out stash space, too. That is. But they also decided to change a lot of the um, crafting costs as well. So, like, they had an example up there of craft crafting um, bracers. You know, before, it used to be, like, 25 um, common debris 72 essences and so on now it's going to be like 20 common debris 20 essences but they increase the um like the tiers which are the yellow crafting material right they kind of look like a gem but not yeah exactly 
-hmm. And the reason why they're doing that is because, I mean, how many players, pretty much the only thing they pick up are either yellows um, or, you know, um, ancients and so legendaries. Right. I mean, I know, like, most of the time, that's what I do. I just pick up those, and I kind of ignore the blues or whatever else. So, they've kind of, over across the board, they said they've reduced the crafting costs and changed the values of it. So, it's kind of neat. It is kind of neat. I'm seeing it here, though, um, a little bit farther down on the same thing. It says, uh, crafted legendaries, for example, no longer require forgotten souls to craft. Mm-hmm. And I've been turning things into Forgotten Souls this season, so... Oh, <laughs> what am I going to do with those, you know? Yeah, I think, um... They're turning them into, like, Fiery Brimstone, maybe? Oh, okay. That'll work. So. As long as they turn them into something, I'll be happy enough, you know? Oh, they'll still be useful in some way. I just okay. don't want them to be, like, um... What was it? Uh, the... Oh blanking on the name but Griswold's uh, something it's a paper right yep and you can yes. sell it for 50,000 gold right right <laughs> because it was it once had a purpose and then no longer did but like I swear when I was doing the speed run the other day I found one of those and I was like really oh, yeah. <laughs> hey it's still worth 50,000 gold so, it yeah, was go yeah so it. I went and sold it um, so if, if they do something like that where it's worth something to sell you know then okay I'll be alright with that and I think a lot of those um ancient weapons that we create or armor are going to require like one of a act specific bounty they've gone back to the idea of having um you know in each bounty you're going to have like a final boss bounty and that one could will drop an act specific um, crafting item and so you can use that and your canide cube for either your recrafting things or you know breaking up material to use it for their special powers. Uh, also, you can use it to create brand new. Instead of using essences, you use material like that. Act-specific um, crafting material. And that gives people a reason to do bounties after something else they change. Absolutely right. That's one reason why they did that. Yeah. So going into that, I guess. Um, unless you had more to say. No, nope, no. Nope. Okay. So going into that... Um, earlier you know in the show i was talking about my frustration with how you actually get to you know you want to do greater greater rifts so first you gotta do bounties to get the key and then you gotta do nephilim then you gotta do the ring of the, the thing of trials the realm of trials get that going <laughs> then you get the thing <laughs> you know it's just like and if you if you do really good with that particular greater rift key you can get another one but if you blew it then you're done and you have to start the process over it's it's frustrating mm. um at least for me i'm sure i'm not the only one because they changed it and so they're taking out the realm of trials so then you won't need the Nephilim Rift Key to do the Realm of Trials, because that was kind of the purpose. They're taking out the Nephilim Rift Keys, I believe, as well. Um, is that right? I think that's right. Um, and they're just, you know, just changing the way this goes. I hope to be more efficient. Um, so I think what it says, they've, uh, they're getting rid of the, the Realm of Trials. That's gone Yay. whenever this patch hits. So I got to figure this is going to hit before season four. Um, that's my guess, you know. Yep. And so in order to do that, the greater rift keys are now just one type. So you don't have like, uh, you know, I just did a greater rift 10 and now I have a greater rift 11 because I did okay, but not too great. You know, I mean, and you can only use it for a greater rift 11. That's different now. So they're going to be more like universal. Mm-hmm. 
So you won't have to be like, if I could only get that number on the, you know, it's just one greater rift, there it is. They're going to look the same. They're not going to lock you into one particular greater rift and then try to get to the next and that sort of thing that way anymore. Um, And what you do with these new ones that don't have any numbers on them is uh, you take that to the Nephilim obelisk, just like you would before, and you can enter any greater rift up to one higher than the highest you have previously completed. Oh, So. Yeah, now if you do a really good job, it says if you totally crush a greater rift, I love that phrase, if you totally crush it, um, then you can move up to three ranks ahead of whatever your highest level one was. So I think this means, okay, so you go in, you do your Nephilim rifts, and you get to the point where you're stuck and you're screwed up and you can't go farther. Uh, Next time you can start at that farthest point. Yep. And that's going to be so much more efficient. Oh, definitely. You can kind of pick which which, um, one you want to use now. Right, yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, go ahead. Just, oh, just to kind of give you an idea of what I've been doing, is I spent time trying to level up my gems finally. You know, mm-hmm. the, but the way that I was doing it was kind of a workaround, which it's not really a workaround. I mean, everybody kind of who's trying to do it efficiently has been doing this anyway. Like I'll get my Nephilim Rift um, key, or sorry, key of um, of trials. Key of trials. Then, and then I will go in there and then immediately pour it out, let it go through, and I'll start at level one. I'll just run through it. I'll get it done in like a minute or two minutes, and it'll pop me up to a level 11. Then I'll do it again real quick, pop me up to 20, 21. So I'm only doing like two or three at a time, but it's popping me up like 10 levels each time. And then I get to a point where it's around 25, 26. It's comfortable for me to start leveling up my, my gem. So I just stop there and start all over again. Until, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's the same thing. I have to keep running those regular rifts in order to get mm-hmm. a key to, in order to open up the greater rift to do that. So now I can kind of skip that part and just go, okay, where do I want to start and get running there? Right. So, and it's going to be better. You know, mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> I really hope this will be better. I think it would be. Um, and so that would mean since you don't need the Nephilim rift things you know you don't need to go to the bounties to get those getting those uh specific act specific uh crafting materials from the bounties is what's going to make people want to do the bounties because otherwise you didn't really have as much of a reason if your goal was to do greater rifts you know um so i think that's going to be a big change i think perhaps uh between now and when season four starts you might want to try to level up some of those gems because it might not be as easy after that I don't mm-hmm. know. Just a thought. Yeah. Definitely. And, um... Uh, sorry. I was just kind of checking to see if there was <laughs> anything else that I really wanted to talk about. I mean, there's some some um, more adventure modes type stuff, and they're doing minor tweaks to the Infernal Machines, or Machinations, to um, kind of tweak the Hellfire Rings, and the uh, Hellfire Amulet, so it's not as dependent on luck. So if you go through and you create and you spend all this time to get the material you need, get it crafted, and then you get like a really crappy roll, or you do a Hellfire Amulet without a socket, and then you're trying to re-roll that. Mm-hmm. The Hellfire Amulet now comes guaranteed with a socket. So, so that's, that's lots less. better. Because exactly. everybody wants that. Now that they've got those awesome gems you can stick in there, you know? I exactly mean, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those, those are kind of some of the highlights. Uh, 
I, one thing I just want to ask everybody who's listening, you know, what are you looking forward to? What is it that you're doing to finish up these last couple of weeks and get yourself ready for season four? Or are you pretty much, you're all set and ready to go? You just it's on August 28th, you're ready to run, hit the ground running. That's a good question for next show. Maybe try to put that, you know, have people answer that one. You know, are you done with season three now? Or are you still doing stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure at this point, we've, uh, believe it or not, have been going for well over an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just the two and of us. Just exactly. off, the, off the cuff here. Let's do a show. There it is. An yeah. hour later. <laughs> yeah. I know. And we were like jumping on. We were just texting. Uh, sending messages back and forth to each other beforehand and we're like oh yeah we'll just probably talk for about 20 minutes and then throw the lore segment and it'll be it it'll be like an hour because the lore segment's really long this time and i don't know if that's good or bad but that's what it is um and here we are an hour later going oh yeah we were just going to mention a few things here and there (laughs) and we're still going awesome Mm -hmm. so before um we do anything else i want uh jen would you mind teeing up what the lore segment specifically a little bit more information and then we'll go right into it okay so this is the first uh segment or episode first first one of uh what i'm calling jen's lore corner which nevik named that was a really good name so i I kept it (laughs) um and uh in this particular one it entirely focuses on the lore involved with adria and more specifically like you know what's going on in the game you've played through those parts what I've done is kind of go into her personal background, her history, her uh, family history. What happened when she was a kid? How did this possibly uh, influence her choices as she's gone through? And I think the big key, which I do mention in there right off, is with Adria, it's all about power. And so this one explains all of that. Hey, people, this is Jen, and I am presenting you with the very first one of a new segment, which is called Jen's Lore Corner. And in these segments, as you may have guessed, I'm going to present different portions of lore from the Diablo universe, uh, primarily, probably primarily starting with Diablo 3, but also since it's so interconnected, linking back into some of the other games and the books and how they all tie together. So to start off, I'm going to focus on Adria. Adria is actually a character that's been in the Diablo universe for as long as Deckard Cain, and that might may sound a little bit strange to some people because everyone knows who Deckard Cain is, but I think if you only started playing Diablo in Diablo 3 and hadn't explored the previous ones, you might not have the slightest idea that Adria wasn't a brand new character just for the Diablo 3 uh, game. She's been around a long time. The lore behind her is a bit scattered. You'd have to actually sort of dig around for it uh, or listen to this because I'm going to put it all together for you right now. One of the things you can find uh, that tells you a bit about Adria and her life and her past is some of the journals that you can find in the Diablo 3 game. And I'll highlight where those are as I get to them. But the rest can be found in the Book of Tyrael, completely outside of the game. It's got several pages that discuss... uh, Adria's life, but not from her point of view. It's from the point of view of Tyrael, and in some places it's actually through the point of view of Deckard Cain and Leah. So um, she doesn't get to tell her story herself other than inside the game through those journals. So what I'm going to do here is try to put the pieces in chronological order and sort of give you what's going on with Adria 
who she is and uh, what motivates her. And for the most part, the thing to know about Adria is she is primarily all about power. That's what she's been seeking her entire life is power and more power and more power, which uh, is not unheard of for what's essentially a bad guy in any kind of a uh, fantasy type thing. However, her desire for power is somewhat different than uh, some other characters and has a little bit to do with her childhood, I would think. So to get right into this, uh, in the Book of Tyrael, there's a portion that describes Adria as having a faint accent and a way of speaking that indicates that she was probably born and raised along the docks of Kingsport, oddly enough. Um... You might remember in Diablo 3, there's a portion where uh, Leah finds part of her mom's journal and in Adria's hut and says, oh, she wasn't from, she wasn't from Tristram originally. Well, she wasn't. She was from Kingsport, it turns out. Adria was an only child. Her father was named Severin, and he came from a long line of powerful merchants. He was, he, he was rich. He was born into a rich family. Uh, Severin had amassed or maybe just inherited uh, and then built on a great deal of wealth. So he was he's really good at whatever it was he was selling. Um, I'm not really sure what. They don't really give you a lot of details of exactly, you know, the financial aspects or the goods he was selling or that kind of thing. But he was rich. So Adria was in a rich family. Um, now, that sounds like a great thing until you realize that Severin was uh, described as unstable and prone to sudden acts of violence. So she didn't have an ideal childhood, even though she was, you know, really well-to-do, well-off, had a home and a family and lots of money. So her father, uh, when she was very young, her father took her to uh, an event, I guess, that was going on in the town. You can find this as part of Adria's journals that are in the game. Uh, There's six portions, there's six parts of Adria's journal, and they're all found in, I want to say the Blood Marsh, kind of laying around that area. Um, Might be in the Paths of Drowning as well. So they're somewhere in there if you find them. Uh, You can pick them up in-game. I find it sometimes hard to focus on the lore as you're playing through and trying to, like, kill monsters. So uh, here's what Adria's journal part one says. She says, The first time I saw a witch, she burned. Father took me to the town square to see it. Look, he said, that is the face of evil. But she looked like any other woman and burned like anything else. Then the flames engulfed her and her eyes found mine and she laughed. So this is what her father took her to go see. He took her to town to watch a witch being burned. Now, this tells us a couple of things. Um, First of all, it tells us that in uh, Sanctuary, uh, people don't like witches. You know, they they label someone a witch who may or may not be a witch. This is Sanctuary. She could very well be a witch in all of the, like, classic fairy tale kind of things we think about, um, or not. You know, it's really hard to tell. Uh, And what they do when they find a witch is burn them. Now, we know uh, there's other uh, examples of this in Diablo 3, which I'll get to into in another segment, possibly. So this is what Adria's father took young Adria to go see. It was probably a fairly normal event for the uh, people uh, that went to it, I guess. Um, I don't think this was an unusual occurrence. I doubt it happened every day, but imagine being a small child and having and, and watching this. You know, this is kind of where Adria's uh, world starts. There's a few interesting, th- interesting things about this that really set Adria uh, kind of on her life path. First of all, Adria described this woman uh, that was she was told was a witch as the face of evil, but Adria just saw a woman. She didn't see, you know, anything different about this this woman in there. Uh, the witch starts laughing at Adria, which is 
really a bizarre experience on a lot of levels. I think most people who are burning would probably be screaming. And here's this woman looking at a child and laughing. So um, I think the implication is perhaps the witch knew that Adria was also a witch. But Adria didn't know that about herself yet. So now she's questioning things. At the age of, she was under the age of 10 at this point. She was really young. Um, so the other, the other thing to note about this is that uh, this might be the only time that her father paid any attention to her. Adria very much felt that uh, she was ignored by her father, and she desperately wanted his attention, as many ch children do from their parents. Um, she never quite felt that he gave her the attention that she desired from him. Um, now, not much is known about Adria's mother. You can There's like a couple of sentences about her in the Book of Tyrael. She wasn't even given a name. Blizzard didn't feel it was important enough to give Adria's mother a name. She exists only in relation to uh, her husband and her child, and they didn't take two seconds to just, like, throw a couple letters together and make a name. You know, we don't need a whole backstory, but how about a name, guys? That would be, you know, a good idea. Um, so Adria's mother, who's nameless, we don't know really anything. <laughs> we know nothing about her history. We don't know if she was also as rich as uh, her husband before the marriage. We don't know anything socially about them. We don't know why she got married. We don't know any of this stuff. What we do know is uh, uh, when Adria was young, possibly uh, shortly after the event where she's taken to watch a witch burn of all things, uh, you know, not something you would normally take a child to, I think even under circumstances where your society considers this a normal thing. I mean, keep in mind, historically, this is something people did around the world in the real world. Um, so Blizzard is kind of just pulling that into the storyline. There was a situation where uh, her father, Severin, set out, a, and he had a bunch of uh, stuff stuff he was selling on uh, trade ships that he owned. Those trade ships got destroyed in a storm. He lost everything. He lost a small fortune, and this caused him, you know, the unstable person who was prone to violence to be filled with rage, and he chose to express that rage by strangling his wife to death. So this leaves Adria without a mom and with only her dad, who doesn't pay any attention to her. She didn't have any friends, you know, she was kind of isolated. One could presume that maybe there was another adult around that might have been helping take care of her a bit. You know, this was a rich family. They may have had servants. We don't know. She was about maybe 10 years old at this time and, uh, you know, never quite got her father's attention ever, <laughs> really ever. The only time was when he took her to watch a witch burn and to tell her this is the face of evil. So, um... There's a second journal. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but basically it's uh, Adria's Journal Part 2. You can look it up, and it says that, uh, you know, he could never understand. He was born into privileges and wealth. She implies that she f feels that he cares more about money and all of that kind of thing than his own living daughter. Uh, she's extremely upset about this, you know, as you would be if you were 10. You have one parent left, and... Uh, you know, that parent doesn't seem to care about you at all. In addition, I mean, think about this. Her father killed her mom. She knew it. She was 10. She knew her mother. This does not establish a good situation in a child's mind. You know what I mean? There was a lot of reasons why Adria kind of was, uh, became a sociopath. And I think it starts here. Um, and there might have been a reason why, you know, Severin was trying. Well, there was a reason why Severin was trying to, you know, re uh, recreate the wealth that he'd lost. Uh, he owed a lot of people money. And he didn't have it. <laughs> and um, two situations occurred as a result of this uh, in a strange way. One, um, eventually, the town constable and the, constable and the city guards uh, arrested him for the murder of his wife. 
And at the time, the murder was punishable by hanging. So he was brought to prison. He wasn't directly brought to the town square, like, uh, you know, could have been done uh, for this punishment. He was brought to prison. And Adria, who was still a child, stayed outside the jail. She just kind of hung around and waited on him and waited for him by herself with no other adult in her life, apparently. Um, And while she's waiting, if you read Adria's Journal Part 3, you can look that one up as well. She's really got a lot of resentment towards her father at this point. And you can see why, Um, you know, within a short span of time, uh, you know, he killed her mom. They they lost their fortune. Uh, He's ignoring her still. And now he's in jail and she can't access him at all. I mean, it's easy to see why a 10 year old would be really resentful of a parent that had done this sort of thing. So she hangs around outside outside the jail by herself for as long as he's in jail. It's hard to say exactly how long. Um, And in addition to this, you know, since her dad's ignoring her, she had a lot of time to be by herself. And how she spent that uh, was probably with some introspection. And she's starting to realize that maybe she herself is a witch. And she's terrified by this because she knows that if her father finds out she's a witch, well, she's going to end up in the town square being burned. And she's afraid of this. Um, you know, and she also resents that about her father because this, if she's a witch, uh, the way it seems to work in Sanctuary is you just are. You're not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily something you go and practice and become. Um, and Adria just was. She just was a witch. She had whatever that entails in Sanctuary. And she knows her father will never accept her for something that she really didn't have any control over. So she's got a lot of resentment. Now, um, what happens from there is because Severin was from a wealthy family originally and because he had a lot of uh, reputation, he had some influence still. He still had some influence, even though he was losing his money and his fortune. Um, He didn't end up being hung. He actually sort of bought himself a pardon, quite literally, with the last of his wealth, was released from prison, went back home with his daughter. And uh, as far as the town constable... uh, knows uh adria is extremely loyal to her dad because there she was right outside the right outside the prison the whole time um so from here things actually get worse uh you know he like i said had a lot of enemies that he owed a lot of money to and they really wanted it back and he didn't have any money um it was only a matter of time before something bad happened under those circumstances some of the people he owed money to were described as dangerous so you can kind of predict how this goes but it didn't quite go the way you might think um what happened was that uh adria in her spare time had uh, started playing with fire and she's not like she didn't become you know someone who's trying to set fire to the uh I don't know, to the prison or something like that. But um, she did play with fire and she looked into the fire and someone was talking to her in it. And uh, in Adria's journal, part four, she describes them as they. And uh, she describes, you know, that they are asking her, what do you see? And she says she sees a burning man, a burning witch. She sees terror and a hunger that will consume everything. Uh, And she chooses to give herself to the flames is part of what the journal says. Now, this does not mean she actually, uh, you know, walked into the fire or anything like that. Uh, Instead, what you can conclude from this is they is actually the Lord of Terror, Diablo, talking to her through the flames. Now, what does Diablo do? He plays on your biggest fears. He tries to make you terrified, finds out what you're afraid of, and uses that against you to manipulate you. This is what he did with Adria, who was still a little kid at this time. Um, That's what happened. So she kind of essentially, at this point, makes a pact with Diablo. 
Now, we don't know exactly what was said. We don't know what the entire arrangement was. Um, she probably... I, I don't know if she knew it was Diablo or, her, or knew his name at that point, but she knew that there was something there that was paying attention to her, right? <laughs> so that's kind of where she went. And she, when she went back home, um, she kind of had... She was kind of done with her father, who she's never... She knew she was never going to get his attention. She knew that... If she did get his attention someday, he would discover she was a witch and he would, you know, cast her out or, or have her killed or whatever. Um, she knows that he killed her mom. Um, so she's got to have all kinds of emotions about this. So what she did, she went home. She went into the house with, you know, where her father was and she set fire to the place while she and her father were still inside it. And what happened was um, her father, you know, quickly realized that these flames weren't touching his daughter at all. She was unharmed walking through the flames and they were harming him and they were burning down the building and everything around it. And his, with his dying breath, he screams the word witch at her. And we, we kind of know this from her journal part five, which you can look up and it kind of explains that, you know, the flames consumed him, but not her. And uh, he breathed one word, it was his last. And we know that word must have been witch at this point, considering the circumstances. So she, uh, it kind of confirmed a little bit of what uh, Diablo was telling her in the fire, you know, that, and it confirmed her own suspicions. You know, her dad would find out she was a witch and uh, reject her. At this point, though, he's he's dead um, or he's dying. She leaves the fire, leaves the house, goes outside and is found by the constable staring intensely into the flames of her of her house. And uh, the city guards arrive to try to put out the fire, as you would, you know, apparently the guards are the fire department as well. And uh, that's not really unheard of, if you think about it. So the Book of Tyrael mentions the official report about this fire that the constable had uh, either written or collected up. Uh, it burned with an unnatural wrath. It's described as that. The guards, a couple of the guards that were trying to put out the fire were actually roasted alive in their armor while trying to fight it. This was no ordinary fire. It, water didn't have much effect on the flames. It took a full day to put this fire out. And the report mentions that all that was left of Severin, Adria's father, was charred bone. So now you've got like a 10-year-old, maybe 11-year-old at the most, who uh, has no parents at all whatsoever and has been through... Uh, even if you didn't know what was going on with this kid or her pact with Diablo, a lot of bad things had happened to this girl, and she took off. She took off into the wilderness around Kingsport. Um, it's not really clear exactly what happened to step by step from this point onward for, for a little bit of time, but eventually she does join a group of witches that were living in the wilderness. And uh, from what I'm understanding from the Book of Tyrael, Adria uh, became a very powerful figure within this group over time. Like by the time she was a you know teenager or so, uh, she became powerful and influential because again, with Adria, it's all about power. She didn't join this group because she needed a family. She joined it because she thought there would be a way for her to become more powerful. And this is where she met Magda. So um, <laughs> that's where the two link up. And uh, they became best buddies, basically. They became best friends. They could easily have both been teenagers at the time and they were probably close in age to each other. So they met within this group of witches, and uh, at the time, um, the Coven, uh, which used to, it was a cult, of course, you see some of that in game, that was formed from the remains of the Triune. If you wanna know more about the Triune, you should probably read the Sin War uh, books. It tells you a lot about the origins of that particular um, 
going to say religion and maybe go into that in another episode of this as well. Um, so the coven is there, and it is not the group that they joined. And uh, it's it was a group that had, you know, become very powerful, fell out of power, became very powerful, fell out of power over the years, just had that sort of thing. And Adria and Magda decide they want to join this coven. They didn't actually want to become a part of it. They wanted to rule it, and they wanted to rule it together. So they decided what to do as, you know, essentially teenagers that are witches in Sanctuary. Um, they poisoned the leaders of the coven, and they took over. And under their leadership, this is when the coven started practicing torture and summoning demons and doing all the horrible things that you know about as you play through uh, Diablo 3. Um, they did this not because they actually wanted, you know, to be like the the figureheads of a group that was doing horrible things specifically. Uh, they didn't want, you know, it sounds like, okay, you know, they do have a lot of power. They have a lot of power over this group. They're sharing leadership. And, um, you know, they, they have you know, devoted followers that will do whatever they tell them, in part because they're afraid of them. Um, you know, that's power, right? But they were also doing this in addition to seek more power. For whatever reason, Adria and Magda both believe they were destined to become the mortal heralds of the Burning Hells. And I can guess that Adria probably figured Diablo was going to give that to her. Maybe Magda was involved with Belial at this time. Um, it's kind of hard to say, but that's that's what they were going towards. This was a means to an end. And this is where Magda started sacrificing her own followers in an effort to achieve her own goals. Um, the two women, or teenagers <laughs> it's hard to say how old they were or how long they stayed at this this group um they shared a lot of power and their followers thought of them as one entity almost because they were so close and suggested that they were bound together in the same way that two lesser evils duriel and andariel were now duriel is the lord of pain and Dariel is the only female lesser evil and she's the maiden of anguish so you know you don't if your group leaders are you know compared to to the lord of pain and the uh, maiden of anguish you're probably not in a very good situation as is you can see why they were afraid of both of these women um, no one, no one was suggesting that you know either Adria or Magda were actually like possessed by these lesser evils or anything like that. They didn't have any relationship with them at all. Um, but this is how people saw them. The people in the coven saw them, and uh, like I said, Adria and Magda were best buddies. They shared styles of clothing. They spoke in a similar way. They shared some other traits in the way that you would see like teenage girls who are best friends forever kind of doing where they kind of wear clothing that looks very similar and they do their hair the same way and all that sort of thing. Um, typical teenage kind of thing in a really, really bizarre situation in a fantasy world called Sanctuary. So, um, you know, they could have ruled this for a very long time. But one day, Adria just left the coven. She just left walked away without a word, was gone. Nobody knew she was going to leave. Nobody knew why she was going to leave, except for her. And off she goes. And this is when she traveled to Tristram. Not the new Tristram that you see in Diablo 3, but the original Tristram that you see in Ruins in Diablo 3. That's where she went. So she, uh, she left. She uh, set up a hut slightly outside of Tristram and started a new life. Okay? Now, why would she do this? She had everything. She had a best friend who is just as devoted to seeking power as she was in horrible ways. And she had power over a lot of people who were totally terrified of her. She's all about power. So why did she leave? Well, she left because Diablo was in the cathedral in Tristram. Way at the bottom, if you played through D1, you kind of remember. Um, maybe he was able to contact her and talk to her. 
So she's in Tristram now, right? And Tristram was a small town. You can walk through it in D3. It wasn't very big. It was a town where everybody knew everybody else, you know, kind of thing, and probably knew everybody's business, um, as small towns tend to do. She didn't move in directly to the town. She was kind of outside of it, and she sold healing potions and scrolls of town portal, if you remember from T1 all the way back there, uh, from her hut. So adventurers were starting to come to Tristram to venture into this demon-infested cathedral that was, you know, there, and... Uh, that's who some of her clients were. Um, that's kind of what kept her going. The townspeople did not welcome her at all. If you read Adria's Journal Part 6, Part six, which you can actually find within uh, the game as you play through uh, the zones I talked about, um, here's what it says. It's very telling. It says this, Which they called me, but I turned it against them. When their daughter had a child that needed to disappear... When there was a sickness that none of the healers could cure, who was it they pleaded with? When they needed me, the morality they flaunted in the daylight disappeared, as it always does. Now, this is very telling, okay? So, what we have here is a town full of people that don't like her, that have, they're calling her a witch, which is actually dangerous. I mean, they could decide to burn her because of that. Uh, this isn't a good situation for her. The power structure here isn't in her favor. So she turned that, what was it she said? Um, she turned that against them, I think is what she said, or something similar. So um, how did she do that? Well, here's what happened. You know, there were situations where um, people who had some sort of illness or injury and found that the town healer who stands in the middle of the town and is very public and everyone knows who talks to him, um, you know, couldn't heal them. Uh, they went to Adria, and it's possible that Adria not only cured them, but may have saved their lives, depending on what disease or whatever they had. So now, if you're the person who the town healer can't heal, and uh, Adria heals you, you might feel uh, like you kind of owe her something, you know? She saved your life. Maybe one day she's going to ask you for a favor. You might want not want to do that favor, but you might feel obligated to do that favor because... And who knows what else Adria can do? If she can cure, can she can she curse? You know, who knows? She put a little bit of fear in their minds, and she put an obligation in their minds as well. Um, the other phrase in there: when a daughter had a child that needed to disappear. This one's very telling. Now, Adria wasn't talking about, say, a three-year-old who needed to find foster parents. She's talking about, uh, you know, mothers of teenage daughters who had gotten pregnant and shouldn't have been. Maybe they were unmarried, maybe it was not the right time, maybe they were young. Um, Sanctuary's a violent place, perhaps they had no desire to have sex and become pregnant at the time. In any case, uh, this existed in, in Tristram and in Sanctuary, and mothers of teenage daughters who had a child that needed to disappear would come to Adria. Um, this is probably not something the healer was doing, and Adria was the only one that could perform. She was probably performing abortions, essentially. She was making the child disappear. Now, under those circumstances, with Adria in Tristram and a town full of people that hate her and may want to burn her at stake someday, performing this gives her a lot of power. She knows which daughters got pregnant. She knows which families the daughters are from. She might know who the father of the unwanted uh, child that needed to disappear uh, was, and she could choose to share all those secrets with the entire town at any given second. That gives her a lot of power. You don't want to piss off the woman that can ruin your daughter's reputation. So this is how she turned it against them. Extraordinarily manipulative. 
extraordinarily manipulative. She could have chosen not to help any of them and moved on to somewhere else, except for that, you know, she was waiting in Tristram for Diablo and had to stay. This is how she got herself t safe enough to stay there. It's incredibly... She had to be smart to do this, but it's just kind of sociopathic in a lot of ways. You know, I'm helping you because now you owe me. You know, that kind of thing is just a, a bit frightening on its own. So as I said, people mostly did not talk to her in Tristram, and the only person who did was Deckard Kane. The two of them actually had some things in common. Both of them were very interested in the history of Sanctuary. We all know Deckard Kane was studying all these things about, uh, you know, demons and angels and, uh, you know, what... Uh, Leah later on says are just stories, you know, that's Deckard Kane. And Adria was actually interested in a lot of that kind of history too, for her own reasons. She would talk to Deckard Kane and ask questions about Zoltan Kuhl and his black soul stone. And uh, long story short, eventually Adria uh, has a situation that was probably uh, of the type that Diablo was hoping for. Uh, I'm gonna really shorten this because it kind of goes into another character story that I'm not covering right now, but there's a man named Aiden who lives in this town, and he ventured into the cathedral and captured Diablo in a cracked soul stone. And like I said, I'll go into that in another uh, episode, possibly. So, long story short, the soul stone is cracked, Diablo is in it, Aiden is concerned that this soul stone will not hold him, so he decides to jam the soul stone into his forehead and hope that by his will alone he could keep Diablo from escaping the soul stone and wreaking havoc all across the sanctuary. Um, so there he is. And this of course drives him mad because just that experience alone I think would do it. Other situations that go with that story kind of would do it. Uh, he comes out not the same person at all. Uh, he's kind of scary now and he's uh, kind of losing his mind because Diablo's in his head literally and is trying to mess with him. Um, and this is where you get to in the game. Uh, there's a point in the game where your player character is going with Leah and she's unlocking that gate for you and you're going into old Tristram or the original Tristram and you're going, you know, you're, you're passing there and you're going to the, re the remains of Adria's hut. That's where it is in the game and uh, stuff happens. I'll let you play through it and um, at the end... Leah finds Adria's journal, and it's just labeled Adria's journal, because when this uh, when this portion of the game was created, this was the only journal from Adria. The rest come in Act Five and have numbers on them, but this one's just called Adria's journal, and this is what it says: Aiden came to me last night. I suspected what was lurking within his troubled heart. I consoled him as best I could. Regardless, wherever he's headed, hell will surely follow in his wake. The shadows close in on Tristram once again, but like Aiden, I'll be gone before they fall. Now, when you run across this in-game, you don't really know much about what this is. If you know some of the lore, you might know who Aiden was. Um, but other than that, it's kind of vague. But, you know, here's really what this means. Um, you know, Adria was one of the only people that would talk to Aiden because he was kind of losing it, you know. And uh, he uh, decided at some point he was gonna, he couldn't stay in Tristram and was going to leave, to make a long story short. And so he came to Adria's hut. The two had sex, and this produced a pregnancy. Now, Adria was not in love with Aiden, uh, but she did have a strong connection to Diablo, who just so, so happened to be inside Aiden's head at that moment. They were kind of two entities in one, and that is who Adria was connecting with, not Aiden. Um, so Adria becomes pregnant with a child that was fully intended to become a vessel for Diablo. That's why she got pregnant. That child was Leah, and you know what happens to Leah in game. I might go into Leah's story in another uh, segment of this if people want to hear it. So, um, so she becomes pregnant and uh, decides 
at some point that she's going to leave Tristram. She said she wasn't going to stay. She knew the fall of Tristram was coming. Don't know how she knows this. <laughs> Maybe Diablo had more uh, to say to her than we know. Maybe she just had a suspicion, but she's leaving and she takes Jillian with her. Jillian was a barmaid at the tavern and uh, the two women traveled together to Chaldeum while Adria was like very obviously pregnant and they found a home to live in. Uh, now Jillian had uh, been taking care of her sick mother. So she had at least a little bit of like uh, skills as a healer, I think it would be the phrase in, in Sanctuary, <laughs> you know? She had some nursing skills. She, she helped Adria give birth to Leah. And, you know, so Adria's a mom. She's got a newborn baby and she's not the slightest bit interested in this child because, you know, this child was born to be a vessel for Diablo, who Leah made a pact with when she was about 10. So, um, you know, she's not real interested in uh, bonding with this child. She's ignoring her daughter, much like her father ignored her, oddly enough. Um, and, you know, she knows that right now Leah's an infant. And if Diablo decides to take over this body now, there's not much he can do. So it's going to be a lot of years for Leah to grow up and become useful for that function that Leah uh, was born for, according to Adria. And um, so she uh, decides to just leave again, abandon her daughter with Jillian. Uh, she puts a protective spell on the house, walks away, gone right out of her daughter's life. Um, so where did she go? Well, where she went was she was searching for Zoltan Cool, as uh, was alluded to earlier when she was asking Deckard Kane all about him. Uh, she wants the Black Soulstone that he created, and she wanted to use it to trap Asmodon and Belial. They were the last of the lesser evils that hadn't been captured. Uh, a bunch of them were in the Soulstone already, and uh, this probably is part of the pact she made with Diablo, is to to obtain this. Because as we know, if, you, if you've played through, I hope this isn't a spoiler at this point, the game, the... Uh, expansion's been out for a pretty long time but you know this is something she needs to help diablo become more powerful and to take over her daughter's body years from now and that kind of thing and again it's all about power with adria um so that's what she was doing so uh jillian actually tries to raise leah and you could find out more about this story in the book the order um by nate kenyon which goes into a lot about uh let's say, part of Leah's history and how she got to uh, end up with Deckard Kane. I'll go into that later, probably, too. Um, so, you know, Leah was still a young child, and um, Jillian was trying to raise her, but Jillian was losing her mind, and this is something that seems to happen with everyone who is from Tristram and who was around all the evil that was in the cathedral. They kind of start losing things, and Deckard Kane arrives at the door of the house, uh, right in time, because Jillian has you know, already attempted to kill Leah, and this is when Deckard Cain becomes Leah's uncle. They travel together. Um, I'm leaving a lot out because this isn't their story, it's Adria's. Uh, so they do travel together, and Adria's still out there, you know, searching for what she's searching for. And sometimes she does see him with her daughter, and she's okay with this because she was kind of sort of friends with Deckard Cain, you know? She was at least friendly with him, he wasn't an enemy. And uh, she sees her daughter. She kind of from afar occasionally randomly comes across them and sort of sees that her daughter has grown a bit. Um, but she's got no interest in saying hi or being in her daughter's life. She just stays in the shadows. Okay, so 20 years after abandoning her daughter, or thereabout, Adria returns to Chaldeum. And uh, she didn't know it, but the city had been taken over by Belial, and he knows that Adria's after that black soul stone. She gets captured. You play through the game, your character rescues her, and uh, this puts us at the point in the game where the player's trying to 
find all the missing parts of Zoltan Cool and that whole section through Act Two and all that. Um, and uh, so, of course, you know, as a, if you played through it, I think if you're listening to me, you probably have at least once. And uh, you go, you end up killing off Zoltan Cool um, and the Soul Stone, his Soul Stone, the Black Soul Stone, that's you know super important, is there and. Uh, you know, Zoltan Cool has died, and Adria arrives and collects up the Black Soul Stone. So she's got what she wanted. And if you think about it in the game, you know it's Adria that's suggesting uh, we need to, we need to find Zoltan Cool's uh, hideout, <laughs> archive, uh, lair, whatever. Um, she's kind of manipulating that as well. But now she's got what she wants. She's got the Black Soul Stone, right? Now, Act Three, uh, Adria is using her daughter. She's um, using her daughter to... Uh, she tells Leah that Leah's the only one that can keep the evil inside the Black Soul Stone from escaping into this world. And she's taught Leah just enough to kind of um, do some magic to it. And it's not easy for her. She's never had any magical training. Uh, she's desperate to impress her mother, who she wanted in her life forever, and finally has... And um, she's trying very hard to do this magic, and at the same time, it's sort of killing her in a way. I mean, it's taking all of her energy. Uh, I think she writes in a journal that she's hearing uh, screaming from inside the Black Soul Stone and, and, you know, voices and stuff like that. It's not a good situation for her at all. And I have to suspect that uh, what Adria was doing was not teaching Leah how to protect the world from, you know, whatever was in the Black Soul Stone by keeping it from cracking open. I think she was probably, uh, she'd probably taught her daughter some kind of magic that would actually prep the Soul Stone in a way so that what Adria wanted could happen. And we know that does happen between uh, Act 3 and Act 4. You've got that uh, cinematic where uh, Adria has essentially captured her daughter and, uh, you know, uh, uses the Black Soul Stone and, uh, Leah essentially becomes completely possessed by Diablo, which is kind of a weird term for it because technically Diablo's always been there. Um, but he comes into full force and we have, you know, Femme Diablo, as many people have called it. And uh, what does Femme Diablo do after, you know, like looking at his hands and going, whoa, look at this, man, I have a full body now. I can go wreak havoc. Um, he dismisses Adria. He says, go until I have need for you again. And she disappears through a portal. And before the expansion, that would have been the end of Adria's story. But since the expansion has come out, of course, we know in Act 5 there is a fight that the player must do with Adria. And you can see Adria got what she wanted. She got a lot of power from Diablo in exchange, potentially, maybe the whole pact all the way through was, give me your firstborn, <laughs> you know? She did that. He's uh, He goes and, you know, tries to destroy the uh, high heavens and all that. And... Um, Adria got power. She got power for doing it. And uh, by the time you get to Act 5, you've already killed Diablo. He's not part of Sanctuary anymore. He's just kind of neutralized. And uh, she still has her power. She's using her blood to make blood golems she got a fight with. And she's got this huge pool of blood right before the big fight starts. And her body changes from a human to a demon with these, you know, Kerrigan-like wings. And uh, that's a reference from not Diablo 3. Anyway, um... You know, she got the power that she was seeking her entire life, but it's short-lived because, of course, the player slays Adria, and that is the end of her story. And this brings me to the end of this Jen's Lore Corner segment. Uh, hopefully you liked what you heard. If you found this interesting and would like to hear more, uh, let us know at Shattered Soulstone, and if you've got... 
a character you want to know more about or an environment you'd like to know the history of or whatever little thing that you just kind of have always wanted to know more about within the Diablo universe, let me know and I'll do my best to find the lore behind it. Bye, guys. Okay, so hopefully you've enjoyed me babbling on about lore about Adria for a while um, and you're not sick of the sound of my voice you know without anyone else to back it up or to chime in and uh, there will be more of these I do have a few more planned hopefully uh, people like it enough where they'll they'll want to hear more and I again they're not all going to be this long I, I don't think but they might be um, so moving on uh, we should mention we do have a Patreon and uh, we're running the Patreon campaign so that people can help support the show if they like it and then we can do use it to um, not only get things edited but also to add new segments and new stuff like that as well. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com slash soulstone, and you can make a monthly pledge of whatever you're comfortable with. Um, and we really honestly do appreciate each and every pledge, and it means a lot to us. And like I said, it does enable us to keep the show running and to have us add more cool stuff. Well, thank you, and thanks to all of you patrons. We appreciate everything. So to close the show out, special little impromptu show that we've thrown together tonight between Jen and I, you've been listening to episode 91 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Have you missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archive at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Want to join us in-game? Join our in-game community aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. We love Twitter, so come join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at ShatteredStone. There's Nevik at Nevik James. Jen at is at Queen of Haiku. Razor is at the underscore Brasia, and our fourth musketeer is at Lantonio. We'd also like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Donford Production for hosting our very loot deviant show. You can all find the shinies. All, all the, the shinies. shinies. <laughs> and all the shinies in Jen's bags. Right. Mm-hmm. You can find more shows from the Donforge at thedonforge.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, from all of us here at Shattered Soulstone, Keep on chasing that Gen Goblin. <laughs> It'll have a unique laugh, right? You'll know exactly. which one it is. Yes. It would laugh just like you. There we go. See? I'll record it. Blizzard, you want it. No problem. <laughs> Gonna annoy everyone in game instead of just on show. There we are. Exactly. It's gonna be like, wait a minute, what's laughing at me? Doesn't sound like a normal goblin. Oh no, that's the Gen Goblin. Mm-hmm. There goes all of your achievements. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a ch- an achievement for catching one, right? Exactly. That would be great.
This podcast is copyright 2015 Dawn Forge Productions. Thank you for listening. Check us out at thedawnforge.com.